Put your hands together and welcome our evangelist tonight, Brother James Wilson. Amen. Why don't you keep putting your hands together for Jesus in the room? Hallelujah. Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord just say so for a little bit on a Sunday night. Oh, Jesus, we praise you. We worship you. We love you, Lord. We magnify you in this place. Amen. It feels good in the presence of the Lord on a Sunday night. Amen. We're just excited about what God is going to do tonight. Amen. What a tremendous honor and privilege it is for my wife and I to be here at Bethlehem Church. We have been looking forward to tonight, looking forward to what God is going to do tonight. How many know that God can do anything tonight? I said he can do anything. Well, come on. I said if you need healing in your body, you can receive it tonight. If you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can get it tonight. If you need deliverance, deliverance is here tonight. There truly is no telling what can happen tonight. Not because I'm here, not because you're here, but because Jesus is here. And when Jesus is here, anything can happen. Amen. We're so delighted, so honored to be here. Amen. We counted such a tremendous honor. We honor your pastor, his wife, and their family, Brother Vasquez. Can we just give them a round of applause? Thank you so much, Brother Vasquez, for the opportunity to be here. We counted in honor. Amen. We honor legacy of this church, Bishop and Sister Wilson, amen. We've been connected to them via Sister Stephanie McDonald, and I hate that we couldn't meet them tonight, but know that they are doing what they do, and we just honor them and their legacy, and amen. Just so thankful and excited uh, that, that they are doing the work of the Lord, amen. I do feel like the Lord has laid a word on my heart tonight. And I just want to let you know, I just, I feel really great in the Holy Ghost tonight. And I may act a little crazy. I don't know. I just, I might act a little bit crazy. Uh, but I think this is the right church to do that. Is this, is this a, is this a spirit-filled, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy-rolling, out-running? I, I truly believe. I truly believe we ought to have church like that, church in the Bible, and uh, not just for the sake of doing it, but I believe that, that every now and then somebody ought to think you're a little bit crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, they thought they were drunk. Now, when's the last time you've seen somebody drunk, just kind of chilling, taking it easy? No, usually they're acting a little bit crazy. Something's a little, you're like, man, you, you had a little something to drink. You're acting different, brother. Amen. And I believe that we ought to act a little bit different sometimes because we got something to act different about. We got something to dance and shout and jump and hoop and holler and that. Come on, I'm not going to let somebody at a football game out praise me. I'm not going to let somebody worshiping their idol of a pigskin out praise me. But I got a reason to praise. He brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. He set my soul free. He delivered me. I got something to praise God about. my worship, give him my praise, amen, so I'm just looking forward to what God is going to do, turn to your Bibles, Philippians chapter number 4, we will read verse 4, a, a very familiar passage of scripture we'll read in our hearing tonight, amen, 
didn't this worship team do an incredible job tonight? Can we just give them a round of applause? Thank you so much, worship team. And uh, I went to Bible school with Brother Ethan Tucker, and I told Pastor Vasquez, I said, I'm going to have to have a talk with Brother Tucker. I come to church, and he just decides to leave. So we're going to have to have a conversation about that, but doing such a great job, and we honor worship team tonight. Philippians chapter number four and verse four. Amen. The word of the Lord says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Love the way the New Living Translation says it. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Amen. I don't come with some crazy word for you tonight. I haven't come to wow you with some, some revelatory message. I just come to preach the word of the Lord to you simply and plainly tonight. I want to preach with the help of the Lord on this simple title, A Remedy Called Rejoicing. A Remedy Called Rejoicing. Why don't you put your Bibles down, lift your hands in the air one more time. Let's pray together, shall we? God, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the anointing that destroys the yoke that is so evident in this room. Oh, Lord, speak to us tonight. We are hungry for your word. We don't want to hear the words of a man. We don't want to hear the words, Lord God, of, of man's wisdom and knowledge. But, God, we pray let your spirit speak in this room. We need you, Lord. Let there be a release, Lord God, in this place of freedom and the supernatural, God. Let someone leave delivered and set free in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you praise. We give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, one more time, clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. Come on, clap your hands with all of your mind. Clap your hands with all of your soul. We worship you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Amen. Somebody fist bump your neighbor. Give him a high five. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. It is not the will of God for his people to be heavy. I want to say at the beginning of this message that it's not the will of God for you to walk around with your head to the ground. It's not the will of God for you to be hopeless. No, I did not say that it was not the will of God that you go through things. We all will go through things. We all will experience times of great hurt and pain and difficulty. But even in the midst of those things, can I tell you, you don't have to walk around depressed. I know what society might tell you. I know society might tell you that, that if you're struggling with depression in this room, that that's just the way that it is and you'll always have to struggle with it and you'll always have to deal with it. But I've come to preach to somebody in this place tonight that it's not the will of God that you struggle with those things. But I believe in the midst of what you're going through, you can have a, 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 a song in your heart. In the midst of what you're going through, you can still arise and say, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually. I may be down right now, but I'm not going to let that stop my praise. I might be down right now, but I'm not going to let that stop my worship. I still got something to praise and worship God for. 
Can I tell somebody, even when your life is falling apart, even when your family is going crazy, even when you have sickness in your body, you can still have the ability to worship and praise God. Even when your physical body may be ravaged with sickness, your spirit does not have to be sick. Even in the midst of the darkest night, someone can proclaim, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I might be fighting hell right now, but I know my God is going to make a way somehow. I've come to preach to somebody. You're getting ready to come out. You're getting ready to come out of this thing. But I wonder if you could praise God even in the midst of what you're going through. I wonder if you could give God some worship even in the midst of what you're facing right now. Because God is still worthy. You might be going through, but that does not take away how awesome and how powerful. He's still worthy of my best praise. He's st- On my good day, he's still worthy. On my bad day, he's still worthy. I still believe that. That everything that has breath has a responsibility, has a right to give God praise. Oh, I wish somebody would do that right now. I wish somebody would make the devil real mad. Come on, he didn't want you to come into this house today and give God praise. But I would to God that there would be somebody that would say, I got a praise in my spirit. Come on, I'm not going to let what I'm going through stop me from praising. I'm not going to let what I'm going through stop me from worshiping. But I'm going to worship. I'm going to magnify the Lord. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. You don't have to be heavy in your spirit. I said this at youth camp this week, and I'll say it again tonight. It's time for us to stop believing that God is only a God that's able to heal our physical bodies but not touch our mind. I understand that there might be medical reasons that people struggle with depression and anxiety. I take that very seriously. I have a wife that has her degree in psychology. I understand that. I believe in counseling. I believe all that stuff is necessary. I believe that it's right. But I also want to come against the voice of this society that would tell you that God cannot touch your mind. Let me tell you something right now. If God can heal your physical body, he can touch your mind. If God can heal you of cancer, he can heal your mind. If God can heal you of diabetes, he can take away that depression. He can take away that fear. He can, no, 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 no. Don't you tell me God can. Yes, he can. You just got to get something in you that says, God, I'm asking you to do it. I believe it. I know what society says, but I've decided I will believe what you say. And you're saying I'm free. You're saying I don't have to have heaviness. You're saying that I can be free from this this thing (laughs) there is a remedy for heaviness and that remedy is rejoicing somebody say rejoicing the book of Philippians which is many times referred to as the book of joy this book in this book of Philippians this theme of joy is interwoven in the narrative of this entire letter Yet as one looks into the context from which Paul is writing this letter, the topic of joy would seem like an oxymoron. For Paul is writing this letter whose principal topic is joy from prison. One would think that Paul would be depressed and down and out. But Paul understood the remedy for my heaviness 
is joy. This is why the Apostle Paul says in our scripture text, rejoice in the Lord always. Because he understands the key to overcoming the heaviness that I'm in right now is to begin to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoicing is defined as this, to feel or to show joy. So we see here that rejoicing is simply an overflow of joy, an expression of joy. Rejoicing is an expression. It's something that you can hear. It's something that you do. Simply put, rejoicing is a sound or an expression of praise. See, that's, that's why I don't, I don't hear people when they tell me I can worship God like this. No, no, no. That is not biblical worship. That is not biblical praise. Biblical praise is accompanied with movement. Biblical praise is accompanied with an expression. Biblical praise is accompanied with opening your mouth and lifting up your voice. And Come on, apostolic church. Don't you let the world tell you how you should praise God. Praising God is still a sound. Praising God is still rejoicing. Come on. If you want to rejoice, there ought to be a sound that comes out of your mouth. If you want to rejoice, there ought to be an expression that comes. There ought to be a dance. There ought to be a jump. There ought to be a shout. Come on. Paul says there's something that I do even in the midst of my dilemma. I still praise. In the midst of a jail cell, I still worship. In the midst of... I'm still going to praise God because I know sooner or later he's going to bring me out. I know sooner or later God's going to do a miracle. That's why I praise him. That's why I worship him. That's why I give him worship. Oh, somebody do that right now. Come on, is there an expression that somebody has? Is there an overflow of joy? Is there, come on, come on. God's been too good to you for you to just sit there. God's been too great to you. Come on, there is a remedy for your heaviness and it's giving God praise. There's a remedy for what you're going through and it's magnifying the name of Jesus. Don't you let somebody... Don't you let somebody tell you that all this is is a bunch of hype. There's something to this whole praise and worship thing. It's the remedy. It's the remedy for heaviness. You ever been in a service before where everything is just really dry and dead? Let me tell you the key to breaking that. The key is not to continue to sit there and say, well, today we're just going to have one of those services. It is what it is. I remember I was at a youth camp in Arkansas about five years ago, and I was preaching, and the Lord spoke to me in the midst of it. was one of those services, Pastor Vasquez. Nothing was happening. I was like, Lord, man, we're, we're, uh, we're in for it tonight, aren't we? The Lord spoke to me. He says, I want you to get off the platform right now, and I want you to run. You know how we are. I'm like, Lord. In the midst of my perfectly crafted sermon, you want me to do what? He's like, run. Run. Right now. He said, yes. Take off. Jump off the platform and run. You know what I did? I jumped right then and I took off running. Because there's something that happens when you begin to praise God. And all of a sudden, 
I, I went to the back and I rounded the corner of that camp meeting, uh, camp, that, that auditorium. And when I rounded the corner, I noticed on the complete other side of the auditorium, about the same time that I took off, there was a young lady. She was about 12 or 13 years old. And she saw me. And I don't, actually, I don't know if she saw me or not. We might have taken off the same, but the same time. We round the corner. And by the time we got to the front of that altar, that place exploded in worship. Young people were praising and worshiping God. They were there for three and a half, four hours. Young people were filled with the Holy Ghost. People's lives were... It wasn't anything that I did. That's not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying there's something that happens in the atmosphere when you praise God. There's something. Come on. It might be dead right now. It might be heavy right now. But give praise a try. Give your worship a try. It's more than a hype. It's more than just religion. But something happens in the spirit. Something happens in the spirit. Something happens in the spirit when you praise Oh, somebody do it right now. I said, don't wait another second. Somebody do it right now. Come on, somebody praise like your family's already been saved. Somebody worship like your family's already been delivered. Somebody dance on the devil's head tonight. That's it. I said, somebody do it. I said, somebody worship. Somebody lift up your voice. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody lift up the name. There's a remedy for rejoicing. There's a remedy called rejoicing. Oh, I feel something breaking in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel something shifting in the room right now. Come on, young person. I said it once, I'll say it again. You ought not to praise more at a football game than you do here. But this ought to be the place that you give it your all. This ought to be the place that you leave exhausted. Because you left it all on the... You left it all giving God praise and worship. Oh yes, I feel something shifting in the room right now. Somebody came here down and out and depressed and in the dumps. And you don't feel like praising. But I'm telling you right now, the remedy for you huh, is when you begin to praise and worship. I know you don't feel like it. I know you don't feel like clapping your hands. I know you don't feel like giving God. But do it anyhow. Do it anyhow. Praise anyhow. Magnify the Lord and worship him anyhow. And something will begin to break. Something will begin to shift. Something. There's a remedy here. There's a remedy called rejoicing. Oh, somebody worship him right now. Oh, I feel something breaking in this room. Come on, I feel an overflow of, come on. God, I got something to praise you about. I got something to worship you about. We find, I'm hurrying, we find in 1 Kings chapter 1, they're getting ready. They're getting ready, Solomon and his men, they're getting ready to do something. And the Bible says that as they are there, I believe they're getting ready to, to anoint the temple and dedicate the temple to the Lord. And the Bible says that as they're gathered there, 
Then all of a sudden, something begins to happen. Verse 39, the Bible says, And Zadok the priest took a horn of oil out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the trumpet. They're anointing Solomon as the next king. They blew the trumpet and all the people said, God save King Solomon. And all the people came up after him. And the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy. So that the earth rent with the sound of them. Because rejoicing is more than just a hype. Rejoicing is more than just coming in like this. Rejoicing is literally a sound. You can't rejoice being quiet. You can't rejoice just sitting there. You can't rejoice just... No, no, no. The way you rejoice is when you lift up a sound of praise. The way you rejoice... I said the way you rejoice it's by magnifying the Lord the way you rejoice it's by lifting up your voice lifting up come on there ought to be a sound there ought to be a sound come on apostolic church may we never lose the sound may we never lose the sound may we never lose the sound of our rejoicing I don't care what society tells you. I don't care what secular Christianity tells you. Rejoicing is a sound. Oh, we need to come into church and just kind of go through the motions and kind of come in and just kind of be quiet and not make anyone upset. And, you know, we got guests in the house today. And if the guests see Sister So-and-so doing the huck and buck, they might think we're all crazy. So we're just going to ask Sister So-and-so to just turn it down about 10 notches. And... That ain't it. That ain't the key. You know what your guests need to hear when they come into your church? They need to hear a sound. You know what's going to save them? It's when you create an atmosphere of worship because of the sound. Come on, God still inhabits the praises of his people. And when you praise, there's a sound that's lifted up. Come on, that's what your world needs. That, they don't need some watered-down version of Christianity. They need a young person. They need an elder that says, I still got a sound. I still got my voice. I still got my hands. And I will lift up the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody lift up a sound in the room right now. Somebody lift up a They're anointing Solomon to be the next king. And the Bible says the earth literally began to shake. Because they rejoiced so loud with the sound. I wonder what would happen if the sound got so loud in here tonight that the, there would literally be an earthquake in this room. I wonder who would be delivered if there was just such an atmosphere of praise that these walls literally begin to... I tell you what would happen. People would be delivered. People would be set free. Come on. It's more than a hype, but it's a remedy here. It's a redemption here. It's a remedy called rejoicing. Oh, somebody do it. I said, somebody do it right now. Somebody worship. Somebody lift up a sound. Somebody magnify the name of the Lord. Yes, yes, yes.
Bible says the earth, the earth was rent with the sound. Bible continues on to say in verse 41, and Adonijah and all the guests. Did you hear what I said? They worshiped God even though guests were there. They said, guests, we're so glad that you're here. We're so thankful that you come to join us for this dedication. We're so thankful. But even though you're here, guests, we're not going to let that stop our praise. I said it once. I'll say it again. I don't care how distinguished they are. They're not going to stop my praise. I don't care who they are. They're not. Come on. Guests, this is what you need. This is what you need to see. This is a church on fire. This is a church that's, this ain't your average church. This ain't the church that's like everybody else. But we're going to worship. We're going to praise. We got a remedy. Come on, don't you let some guests stop your... Guests, we're so thankful you're here, but we're still going to praise our God. Guests, we're so thankful where you're in the room, but we're still going to worship and magnify our God. Here's a remedy called rejoicing. The Bible says, Adonijah and all the guests that were with him heard it, and as they had made an end of eating... And when Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, he said, Wherefore is the noise of the city being in an uproar? And while he yet spake, behold, Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, the priest, came and Adonijah said unto him, Come in, for thou art a valiant man, and bringest good things. And Jonathan answered and said to Adonijah, Verily our Lord King David hath made Solomon king, and the king hath sent him with Zadok the priest. And Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites, and the Pelethites, and they have caused him to ride upon the king's mule. And Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, have anointed him in Gihon. And they are come up from thence rejoicing, so that the city rang again. This is the noise that you have heard. Can I tell somebody in this room, it's time for the city to ring again. Come on. It's time for this community to hear us like they've never heard us before. Come on. It's time for everybody in every corner of this city to hear there be a shout. Come on, church. This is the remedy for the world. This is the remedy. When you begin to lift up the name of Jesus, this is what. Come on. Let them hear it. Let them hear it. Don't be ashamed. Let the city ring again. Come on, let it ring on your job. Let it ring at your school. Let it ring in your neighborhood. Let there be a sound of praise. There ought to be a ringing that erupts from this place. I know, what, I know what kind of church I'm preaching to. I know this is a worshiping and a praising church. But I just want to kind of encourage you. I just want to kind of remind you again that this is more than just a hype. This is literally a weapon and a tool that the people of God have to overcome heaviness, to overcome doubt. Some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy and you hadn't even given it. I wonder if you would give it a try. I said, you might not feel anything right now, but give it a try. You might not. (laughs) I remember at the end of last year, there was a young lady. She had come to church with another young lady and um, 
she was she had never been any around anything like this before really and she came to the front and everybody was kind of doing their thing and she was she was there but she wasn't you know she was just kind of like I don't know about this her friend waved me over she said I want you to come pray for my friend I said okay I went over to her I said hey how are you she said I'm good she said why can't I feel anything she said I don't feel nothing I said, oh, okay, Lord, we got, got, a, got a hot one here, Lord. Praise God. I said, that's okay. I said, you're getting ready to feel something. What you need to quit worrying about is the fact that you're not feeling something, and you need to begin to start worshiping and praising God. I said, I guarantee you, if you'll begin to worship and praise God, you'll feel something. She said, okay. She lifted up her hand. She began to praise and worship God. And in about two or three minutes, she was speaking in other tongues. As God, come on, you might not feel nothing right now, but just keep praising. You might not be feeling anything right now, but keep worshiping. And before you know it, God will fill you with this spirit. Before you know it, God will change your life. Before you know it, that depression was, because there's a remedy. There's a remedy. And it's called rejoicing. I don't feel anything. Praise anyhow. I can't see how God's going to do it. Praise anyhow. I don't know how God's going to make a way. Praise him. Worship him. Magnify him. Do it anyhow. I'm coming to a close. Because we're getting ready to put this into practice. You said, prove to me. Scripturally. Some of you know where I'm going, that this sound of rejoicing, that this sound of praise is my remedy. All right. Isaiah 61.3, you, know you know what it says, most of us. To appoint unto them that morning Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Let me tell you something. You can't wear heaviness and praise at the same time. You got to take one off to put the other on. If you're going to be depressed, you can't praise. But you can't praise and be depressed. That's why some of you need to worship. That's why, come on, huh? Because literally what you're doing, uh, when you worship God, is you're making a conscious decision. Depression, uh, I'm not going to put you on anymore. Worry, I'm not going to put you on anymore. Come on, but I'm putting on the garment of praise. Uh, I'm putting on the, I'm going to bless the Lord. Uh, I'm going to, and the heaviness, uh, you got to go. Uh, depression, uh, you got to go. Oh, somebody do that right now. Oh, somebody worship the Lord right now. I feel heaviness lifting off this room. Come on, I feel depression lifting off somebody right now. Come on, take off, take it off and put on praise. Put on worship. I like the way Psalm 133.1 says it. It says, praise is comely for the upright. psalmist is simply saying you know what you know what does not look good on you I, I, listen I understand that some of us are struggling with very real issues I'm not making fun but, but the, the psalmist says you know what uh, 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 that, that other stuff that, 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 that might not look good on you but there is one thing that will always look good on you 
praise. Praise is comely for the upright. That's just good old King James E's for this. Your praise looks good on you. You look better when you praise God. You look better when you worship God. You look better when you magnify the Lord. I know you look good already, but you look so good when you worship and you praise God. You look your best when even in the midst of what you're going through, there's still a song in your heart. There's still a dance in your feet. There's still... Praise is comely. Praise looks good on you. I want to say this. This is it, and I'm, we're going to get out the way, and we're going to do that. And let me, let me say this. For somebody, perhaps, maybe it's your first time in an atmosphere like this. Let me tell you the best way to understand what's going on. It's just a jump all the way in. You know what I'm talking about? It's like that first time you jump in the pool. You know, it's been winter time, and it's just warm enough for you to jump in the pool, but it's just cold enough that you're like, man, when I jump in here, that water is going to be ice cold. You know, you just kind of dip your toe in. You know the best way to get it over with is just jump right in. That's what some of you need to do. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to shock you a little bit. It's going to be a little bit colder, but sooner or later, you're going to adjust, and you're going to be swimming around in the glory and in the presence of just jump on in come on just get to praising just get to and you'll feel much better god will save your heart <laughs> psalm 149 i'm going to leave it here and then we're going to praise the lord we're going to do what we've been preaching about psalm 149 lets us know that praise is more than a hype it's more than just going through the motions it's more than just kind of coming in and having a, 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 a mosh pit and just everybody's jumping all over each other and bouncing off each other and people acting crazy <laughs> but praise is powerful there's some emotion to it I'm not going to lie to you there but it's more than just a hype. It's more than emotion. But there is literally something that happens in the, in the spirit. There is literally a supernatural shift that begins to occur. When you begin to magnify the name of the Lord. Psalms 149, 6 says it this way. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains and their noble, nobles with fetters of iron. The psalmist says something begins to happen in the spirit when you begin to praise God. I remember growing up, the spirit of fear would come into my room. And I, I every, listen, everybody that, that's filled with the Holy Ghost, you go through this. I'm not trying to make myself to be out some, to be some super spiritual person that sees and feels things that nobody else, y'all understand that, right? But I'd be in my room. And I begin to feel some things and I begin to sense some things. Spirits of fear. Some different spirits would come into my room. I would feel it. I would sense it. My dad, I called my dad. Dad come into the room. And, and there were several things that dad would tell me to do. The first thing he would tell me to do, he'd say, James, I want you to plead the name of plead the blood of Jesus over this room. Amen. He said, Because when you begin to plead the blood of Jesus over this room, the enemy cannot penetrate the blood. So plead the blood. So we begin to plead, God, we plead your blood over this room right now. He said, okay, what's the second thing I tell you to do, James? I said, 
you, you, I said, Dad, you told me I need to pray in the name of Jesus. He said, okay. He said, take authority in the name of Jesus. And so I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over every spirit of darkness in this room. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that, Lord, your spirit would move in this room. And all of a sudden, we begin to feel a little bit better. And he said, what's, what's that last thing that I tell you to do? I said, Dad, you tell me I need to begin to praise the Lord. You mean in the midst of my house? It's dark in the house. It's just me and you. We might make the, wake the family. He said, yeah. I want you to praise the Lord. He said, because the truth of the matter is this, James. He said, when you begin to praise and worship the Lord, there's not enough room for him and the devil. Hey, listen. God is everywhere at once. We know what the Bible says. You can't make God bigger than what he is. He's already, he's already infinite in his ability. He's everywhere at once. But what you can do is you can begin to magnify him. And my dad said, go ahead. I want you to, be because when you begin to magnify the Lord, the enemy has to leave. And all of a sudden, we begin to praise and worship the Lord in that little room. And the Holy Ghost would begin to move. That spirit of fear, that spirit of depression would begin to leave. Why? Because there's power in your praise. There's power. Come on. The enemy is bound when you praise. The strong man is bound when you worship. And the psalmist echoes that. He says, we're going to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron when we begin yeah. to praise. Yes, sir. But listen to what he says in verse number nine. He says, to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all his saints. Praise you, the Lord. You see, rejoicing is a right reserved only for the redeemed. The devil cannot rejoice. He doesn't have anything to rejoice about. He knows his end. You know what the devil can only do? The devil can only steal praise. When you allow heaviness to overwhelm you to the point that you forget who you are and what's been done for you, can I tell you, the devil then has access to your praise. But the moment a child of God snatches back their praise, there's nothing that the devil can do about it. It is a right reserved for the redeemed. The psalmist said, no, no, no. This right have all his saints. Devil, you don't have a right to rejoice. You don't... Come on, you haven't been redeemed. You haven't been set free, but I have. And I have a reason. To, I have a right. I have a responsibility to rejoice and praise my God. The devil cannot rejoice. All the devil can do is take your rejoicing from you. But the moment you take your rejoicing back, can I tell you, hell has nothing to rejoice about. The enemy's been defeated. He's already lost. God's already died. He's already paid the price. And we are free. And we have something to rejoice about. believe this is why Malachi can say rejoice not against me oh my enemy when I fall I shall arise Malachi says my adversary doesn't have anything to rejoice about adversary you cannot rejoice I'm the only one that can rejoice because I'm the only one that's been redeemed can I tell somebody devil you don't have anything come on 
I know you might be rejoicing right now, but the moment I make up my mind, I'm going to get back to praising. The moment I make up my mind, I'm going to get back to worshiping. That's the very moment, devil, you have nothing to rejoice about. That's the very moment you have nothing to praise about. So here's what we're getting ready to do. We're getting ready to praise and worship God. They're going to sing. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab somebody by the hand. Come on, if it's appropriate, I want you to grab somebody by the hand. I want you to put your arm around somebody. And we're getting ready to worship and praise God. Now listen, for some of you, it's been a really long time since you really just cut loose and praised God. Tonight is your night. I said, tonight is your night to give God praise. Tonight is your night to worship God. It's been a long time. Y'all remember whenever we used to worship and we used to praise and we used to drag people. And maybe, I hope y'all still do that. I have a feeling you guys still do. We drag people out drunk and people, you know what I'm talking about? You remember whenever we used to praise and worship God and not care what anybody thought about us and we just did it. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, I wonder if it's, if it's been a long time for you in this place since you praised God like that. I wonder if you would make up your mind you're going to praise God with that type of abandonment, with that type of worship. I'm going to be very strategic here. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost before, if you've never been in an atmosphere like this, and some of you... Maybe, maybe you're thinking, man, this, this James Wilson guy is a little bit crazy. You're absolutely right. I'm a little bit. Just, just a hair. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. As we begin to praise and worship God, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost before, I want to encourage you as we begin to worship and praise God. There's going to be such an atmosphere of praise and faith and expectation. Why? Because we've magnified God. And the more we magnify him, the greater he becomes in our lives. He's already infinitely great. But the more we magnify him, the more we see his greatness on display. And as we begin to magnify the name of Jesus, as we begin to worship, I want you to begin and worship and praise God. And I believe that God is going to fill people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost that have never been filled. I believe that God is going to heal people's bodies in this room. I believe God is going to touch people's minds. I believe depression is going to flee. I believe anxiety is going to flee. I believe fear and trepidation are going to flee. Are you ready to give the Lord a little bit of praise right now, Bethlehem Church? I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to take dominion and authority over every spirit that would try to hinder your praise. I want you to lift up your hands and lift up your voices. And when I say in the name of Jesus, I want you to begin to worship and praise God. God, by the authority of your word and the power that is in your name. I take dominion right now over every spirit of heaviness. I take dominion over every spirit of doubt, over every spirit of fear. And I release right now in this room the joy of the Holy Ghost. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. I release right now a supernatural touch of your spirit. Let it fill this room from front to back, from side to side. Let there be a releasing of your power and your glory in this room. In the name 
of Jesus. Now somebody begin to magnify him. Now somebody begin to worship him. Now somebody begin to lift him up. Come on. Somebody pick up your feet. Somebody lift up your voice. Somebody magnify the Lord. That's it. Somebody do it. That's it. Somebody worship. Come on. There's a remedy called rejoicing. Yes. Come on. Come on. You might not feel anything yet. Keep worshiping. You might not feel anything yet. Keep praising. You might not sense anything yet. Keep magnifying him. Somebody's getting it right now. Come on, I want you to forget about everybody around you. Just begin to praise. Yes. Yes. That's it, it's moving. That's it, it's moving. Yeah! I want to tell you one more story. It wasn't too far from here. Close to 30 years ago. My dad was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Starkville, Mississippi. I know some of you, that is the enemy territory. That's all right. That's all right. Just hear me out. Just ignore what I just said. But my dad came into a service just like this. And they were worshiping and praising. It was a small home missions church, Brother Children's Church had just begun. And, and they were praising and they were worshiping God. And my mom came up to the front and she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the very first time. It was in an atmosphere very similar to this. But you know what? That same service, as she went back to her seat, there was somebody that was looking at her a little bit weird. Like, what in the world just happened to you? And you can take a guess. You guessed it. It's my dad. My dad was looking at her like, girl, you done lost your mind. Are you crazy? Like, you all right? You good? She's like, yeah, I'm good. I got the Holy Ghost. He said, hold on, you got what? She said, I just got the Holy Ghost. He said, you mean to tell me you went up to the front of that church? You began to join in praising with them? You repented of your sins? And you just spoke in a language you never heard before? She said, absolutely right. I just got the Holy Ghost. My dad said, oh, okay. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, I want to talk to the pastor. I don't know about all this. They go back to the pastor's office. They begin to talk to the... I was reminiscing with, with Brother Frazier. He was the guy that was there when this all happened. We talked about it this weekend. He was at, he was at uh, Camp Yada. And uh, he said, man, I'll never forget that service. And he said, your dad was mad. 
He went back to Brother Childers' office. He began to talk to Brother Childers. Brother Childers, my wife just told me that she got the Holy Ghost. What, what, what do you have to say about this? He said, Ron, I'm the one. I'm not the one that said it. She's the one that said it. I want you to ask her. Dad looks back at my mom. He says, you mean to tell me you just got the Holy Ghost? You just spoke in a language you've never heard before. All you did was repent of your sins, went up there and began to praise God like everybody else, and you just spoke in a language you never heard before, a heavenly language. She said, yes. He said, all right. He said, I tell y'all what. He said, if the Holy Ghost is real, he said, I'm coming back tonight, and I better get it. And he walked out the door. But you know what my dad did between that night, that morning service and that night service? That morning service, he was kind of on the sidelines just kind of watching what happened. And he was praising and clapping. But that, that night service, he made up his mind. He was going to get involved. He was going to do everything everybody else was doing. He was going to get rid of that spirit of just kind of observing and watching. And he was going to praise God. He was going to worship God. And in the course of that service... He went up worship service and he began to praise and worship God. And can I tell you, it didn't happen like it happened for my mom. He didn't receive the Holy Ghost during the worship service. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. He went up, he praised, he worshiped God, and nothing happened. You know what he could have done? He could have said, you know what? Nothing happened. There's a whole bunch of hype. There's a whole bunch of baloney. I'm out. Deuces. See y'all later. Wife, come with me. We got to get you some mental treatment here. But he made a decision, God, I believe that there's, there's something to this. And I'm, I'm going to, if this is real, I better get it now. Now, listen, my dad, I'm, I don't suggest that you do what he did. He kind of made, made a deal with God, kind of gave God an ultimatum. Do not do that. That is not right. That is not healthy. But he, he was innocent. He didn't know what he was doing. He just cut. That's just the way that my dad, my dad is very black and white, you know, black or white. It's just like he's an engineer. You know what I'm talking about? It's just like if it's real, then I'm supposed to get it right now when I say I want to get it. You know, that's just the way that it is. So he came that night, didn't get it during the worship service. But during the course of that message, he would get up to say amen. He would get up to praise and worship God and amen the preacher. And, 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 and he got, got up to say amen and nothing happened. And got up a second time to say amen and nothing happened. But one time in the course of that message, he stood up to say amen just as he had done several times throughout the course of that message. But this time when he stood up to say amen, the power of the Holy Ghost hit him. And he began to speak in other tongues as God's spirit gave and he began to worship, and he began to praise, and he began to dance, and he began to shout. And all of a sudden, he spun out of spun out of control and collapsed at the front of the altar in a heap of exhaustion. And Brother Childers were staring him right back in the face. And he looked my dad dead in the eye and said, I told you it was real. <laughs> I told you when you praise and worship God, something will begin to happen. I told you when you begin to magnify the name of the Lord, he's going to have it to praise. You got the Holy Ghost because you begin to praise him. You got the Holy Ghost because you begin. I wonder right now, somebody, even before you feel anything, will begin to praise him. I wonder if somebody, even before you hear anything, will begin to magnify him. Come on, right now. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, this is your moment. 
this is your chance. Come on, this is your opportunity. Come on, somebody worship him. Come on, somebody praise him. somebody just praise them for your family right now. Come on, somebody praise them for your home right now. In the name of Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Come on, you might not see any sign of life right now, but praise them. You might not feel anything right now, but praise them. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.
Bless it, brother. Just praise him. Bless it, brother. Just worship him. Come on. Come on, guys. Get ready to fill with the Holy Ghost in this room. Come on, huh? There's liberty because you praise. There's liberty because there's an atmosphere of worship. There's deliverance because we pray. I call your name Something happens when I call your name 